Welcome to the podcast uh, for Future CFO. I'm here with Tony Lee, uh, Head of Finance Transformation for IBM Services ASEAN. Tony, welcome aboard. Nice to speak to you again. We're going to talk about working capital optimization or capital optimization. So why don't we start with the basis? What is uh, capital optimization? Working capital optimization is actually the difference between current assets and liabilities. So on one hand, you have cash, receivables, inventory. On the other hand, you have payables and debt. Um, the difference is what we call net working capital. So optimization traditionally is focused on the optimizing of this net working capital. And there are certain business transactions that are very specific to how, how they affect working capital. So for example, the amount of inventory that you cover, how quickly your, your customers pay for goods and services, your policies relating to how you pay your vendors, and of course, uh, things like your short-term instruments and debt. And like a lot of other transformation initiatives, um, there are its own KPIs, uh, there's success optimization required. We've experienced a high potential for infusion of cognitive technologies um, and so forth. So, uh, so how has the process of working capital optimization changed as a result of COVID or was there anything at all that changed? I, I think the most obvious area uh, with, with working capital optimization is in, in the past, stable operations was a given. Um, organizations would grow over a period of time and that drives things like your cash flows and so forth. So that predictability um, in the age of uncertainty is, is just no longer there. Not only is that harder to predict, but it's not typically upside. It's usually downside risk. And so the impact brings uh, an organization directly into a conflict with the other concept, which is liquidity. And that's basically the ability to have enough cash to meet your payment obligations. Unlike a concept like optimization, where it's a sliding scale based on continuous improvement, uh, liquidity is, is pretty binary. Uh, you either have enough or you don't at a given point in time. The, the risk of not meeting an obligation has pretty severe implications um, for an organization being able to operate as a going concern. Additionally, sometimes if you if you run into a liquidity problem, the resolving it will take time, relationship, and trust. Surprise, it's not a friend of uh, organizations that want to stay liquid. It erodes the trust to advisors. Okay, thanks for that. Right, if I have to step back a bit, okay, uh, and say, okay, what are the top three misconceptions that organizations have or, or finance teams have with regards to capital optimization? The first one is that working capital is treasury matter and that we assume that treasury has the systems and data in place in order to manage it. Um, and actually, it affects the entire lead to cash and supply to pay lifecycle to optimize. Uh, the second thing about optimization is that the objective is to eliminate the amount of interest that you're paying. That is one outcome, but it's not the only outcome. Uh, there are other business areas that, that you need to look at. The final one is that working capital is a policy and execution issue. It is not just a policy and execution issue. You've got to actively manage it in order to improve it over a period of time. Uh, many of our customers uh, today would say that um, working capital is one of their top priorities. 80% of CFOs, uh, co according to our research, uh, shows us that uh, this is top of mind for CFOs. Now, beyond this misconception, what if you have to pick one, what's the most common pitfall or, or approach that people make with regards to working capital optimization? The single most pitfall, uh, biggest pitfall in terms of how organizations uh, work with optimization of working capital is that they assume that finance is responsible for working capital optimization. As a matter of fact, the finance teams can be guilty of this. I once worked for a finance organization that um, refused to engage with the sales team, the topic of daily sales forecasting, which is counterintuitive. But um, the fact of the matter is working capital optimization requires sales, treasury, credit, distribution, procurement, and a whole bunch of other internal players. Some of the best optimization levers are actually outside of your own organization. So closing the loop requires a team. And I would say that working capital is one of them. 
once uh, working capital is not optimized, it's gone. It's gone for the day. The closing of the loop, I think, is one of the most important aspects uh, in capital. If you don't have enough information to guide yourself, your operations or decisions in real time, your information is after the fact. So I once had a client come and tell me, it's like, in my risk reporting, if I see a risk in working capital, the issue has already occurred. This was just due to the fact that he didn't have the information in a timely manner. Additionally, the process is important. You know, how many steps do you need to take in order to solve a problem? It takes a team. So if you take all of this information that you provided, these, uh, you know, these pitfalls as well as uh, uh, common misconceptions. What would you recommend an organization do to establish a strategic approach to capital management with the intent of optimizing cash flow, particularly during uncertain times? A strategic approach for working capital optimization is actually the same strategic approach um, in terms of how you do financial management. Um, a lot of organizations, clients are telling me that uh, cutting expenses is their top priority right now. And by now, they're looking at ways on how to cut their administrative expenses, reduce capacity, reposition their sales force, and optimize procurement. Um, cost cutting ex exclusively um, is important, but it limits the solution set. And so as you start to look at um, how the business is going to be evolving, a, a more strategic approach would, would look at the, the business uh, aspects that are changing. Things like, you know, customer experience, uh, structural cost reduction. What are those implications on the, on the new working capital that, that you would have or the new working capital requirements? And, and I would say that thinking about what, what those areas are and how you would execute them are important. Uh, in IBM's research, about 50% of CFOs actually say that their organizations um, have room to grow in areas like defining that strategy, cutting the costs, promoting agility, using data for insights. Finance actually needs to step up and be a part of that overarching transformation so that they can be true partners when it comes to topics like working capital optimization. I would say that the, the type of transformation or the type of strategic initiatives that you would run uh, that have working capital or finance impact are going to be very specific to a business. But what finance needs to do is to be a part of that journey. Additionally, you know, there's a, there's a couple of really important questions. You know, how do you account for these changes that they're going to be making? Um, how, how do you enable closing of the loop? There is traditional tried and true uh, measures uh, to, to manage this better. Will they work in the new normal? Really important. You know, at IBM, we talk about, you know, the theme for this phase of the recovery is, you know, emerge stronger, emerge smarter. I think that that holistic view, which is to say, what's the information that you need? What is the process change that is required? Uh, these are all things that should be considered. Last question I've asked you. During COVID-19, the situation is here. So we address the situation by changing the way we do things. When things go back to normal, as in, for example, everybody's in the office, everybody's physically connected together. There are no more restrictions on social distancing, for example. Do you expect processes that were in place prior to COVID-19 to go back again, or do you expect something else, perhaps a middle ground? I would say that one of the lessons, I think, for a finance person is, is volatility and can happen at any point in time. And so while I do think that we, we will go back to some of the more quote-unquote traditional approaches, I think how you improve or how you fix is going to be important. And so, for example, 8% of CFOs have planned for a second wave of volatility. 42% of CFOs um, haven't even planned a second wave scenario like that. That's what four out of, out of 10 uh, CFOs. And so the idea, you know, any kind of a strategic approach you want to take has to be able to accommodate for future volatility. I think this idea of straight line forecasting is, is not going to happen anymore. I think the other area is in terms of how is it virtual? 44% of CFOs don't expect 
well, they actually 44% of CFOs don't know when their workforce is going back. And I think that the reality is in the new normal, it's kind of built for digital transformation. You, you will see people able to, to go back into the office and they will, and you will see some component of an organization uh, deciding not to go back into the office. And so certain practices like, you know, paper-based needs to change, you know, the introduction of automation, creating more omni-channel ways of working, democratizing analytics, making it accessible to a lot more people on an online platform uh, in, a, in a secure manner, skills, upskilling um, of finance teams in terms of how to work virtually and how to adopt these technologies. What I would expect is that the, the focus on people is, is going to remain. At IBM, that was one of our top priorities when we crafted a response to, to the current situation. Finally, I, I would say that the type of interventions that you do in terms of improving working capitals, whether it's inventory or collections or payables or your supply chain, the real question is, is it going to deliver results quickly? I think that given that the volatility that we have experienced, organizations may be hesitant to go and embark on an 18-month transformation journey when the future is so uncertain. I would say that the focus on information is something that we expect to see continued interest. IBM just released a research paper that says 87% of CFOs think that data is going to be the source of competitive advantage, but only 71% uh, of them think that room to grow in that area. I, I think what you will see is that a lot of the interventions that you will take will be a little bit more targeted, data-driven. There will be demand for prediction. It's got to be fast. It's got to be agile so that you can accommodate different scenarios. And more importantly, it's got to be collaborative so that you can close the loop. Thank you very much, Tony, for that. It's been enlightening. And to our listeners, we've reached the end of another episode of Podchats for Future CFO. If you have a topic you'd like us to cover in future episodes, please email us at editors at society.com. Also, visit and connect with us at futurecfo.net. And don't forget to sign up for our newsletter. See you on the next episode of Podchats for Future CFO. Bye for now.